So I'm leaving this party in the city, uh, Little Frankie's 20th anniversary party, and Frank Prisanzano, the owner of Little Frankie's, goes to me and goes, don't go by John. Call yourself Giovanni. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Yes, sir. <laughs> Whatever you say. But you're back to John. I'm, I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. The Instagram is Giovanni. You can call me John. That Instagram is Giovanni underscore Chez. If you follow, you will drool. The man is John Cesarano of King Umberto in Elmont, one of my favorite places to eat on the planet. I'm Rob Patron TV on Instagram or just Rob Patron in real life. And you're listening to Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Each week on Hot Takes on a Plate, you get to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I hang with my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts, debating each in their area of expertise. And for John Cesarano, that area of expertise is, of course, pizza. John is an up-and-coming star in the pizza world who plies his craft at a very established, legendary pizza and Italian-American restaurant. His father, Chiro Cesarano helped put on the map, that of course being King Umberto. It dates back to the 1970s. It's credited with coining the phrase grandma pizza. If you don't know what grandma pizza is, it's a style of pizza that's super popular on Long Island that has spread over the decades to all corners. We're talking about square slices baked in a pan, much thinner crust than a Sicilian, often with sauce dispersed on top of the cheese. Now, these days, John. He runs the pizza program at King Umberto, and while you can still get all the classics that put them on the map there, John, he's not resting on the King's reputation. He's always experimenting, coming up with new things that can compete with the best pizzerias anywhere. My favorite is his Metro Pizza. This thing, it's, it's a riff on a Roman style of pizza that is more elongated in shape, and really the emphasis is on the crust. He par-bakes that crust before topping it with sauce and cheese, and the result is it basically plays like the best rustic bread you've ever had. It's super crunchy on the bottom, and yet it's amazingly light and airy on top, very springy almost, and he tops it with this amazing house-made fresh mozzarella and a fantastic sauce. It's the pizza that I crave more than any other pizza pizza these days in fact this was actually a coincidental podcast because i i was craving that pizza earlier in the week and i decided to have lunch at king umberto and i had lunch with a friend of mine eric davis he's the managing editor at fandango and we also recorded a pod me and eric while there and then john and i recorded a pod since i happen to be there I uh, didn't have the quote-unquote professional mics with me, so the pod was actually recorded lo-fi on my phone. So apologies if the sound quality isn't quite what you're hearing now. But trust me, it's worth a listen because the content is great. John and I have been friends for a while now, and we agree on a lot of things when it comes to pizza. So this, if, if you're looking for the super hot take arguments, you're probably not going to find them in this pod. But what you are going to find is really smart conversation about pizza and really, come on, who doesn't love pizza? Who doesn't want to talk about pizza, right? So anyway, here's my conversation with John Cesarano of King Umberto in Elmont, and we are getting into all our pizza opinions. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
First thing, pizza is a terrible delivery food. It makes no sense. I've never understood why pizza is like the thing that everybody gets delivered. First off, it loses its integrity when it sits out. It gets cold quickly. None of it makes sense. Like to me, like a good takeout food is something that is compact and tight and sealed and will stay warm. You know, like, you know, if you get fried rice, that's going to be good for a while. But I'm sorry, pizza, terrible delivery food. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're right. Uh, We don't deliver at all. Um, That's why I love you guys. We don't deliver. I think it's best when you come in, have it fresh out the oven, crispy, crunchy. It doesn't lose any of that. Um, But we live in like a time where everybody wants everything right away, right now, without having to move. They want convenience. So I get that aspect of it. But pizza's always been the delivery food, right? Like when people think of delivery, they think of pizza delivery. Long before, uh, you know, the Uber Eats and the DoorDashes and all these delivery apps, it was always pizza. And I've never understood why. Because, you know, we've talked about this, I think, one time before. Somebody said even a bad slice of pizza is good, right? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so. But like if you're – look, I, I'd, if I was going to order – let's say you did deliver. Yes. And I was going to order delivery from you. I would get a meatball parm hero. Something you wrap it up in foil, you know, yeah, maybe the crust will get maybe a little soggy, but the meatball is going to stay warm. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know what? You bring up a very valid point. I never thought about that thoroughly, but it is a terrible delivery food when you think about it. It doesn't, I mean, now they try to come out with all these things to keep the pizza warm. And uh, they have like these things called the perfect crust liners, liners that you put on the bottom of the pizza to try to keep it crunchy. Does it work? be honest with you we tested it like believe it or not we use the liners here okay but we we don't deliver we did it for our customers who are coming to pick up pizza sits on top of the oven for a few minutes yeah so we want to try to keep it as fresh as crisp as crispy as possible on the bottom um what we did was one time to test it we took a pizza put it in the box we cut it we drove around the block a few times and then we ate it and yeah it was pretty good all right so the next one is and i feel like i already know how you're going to answer this one but Brick oven pizza is not always superior to, quote, deck oven pizza. And what I mean by deck oven pizza for, you're, like, you're, just, you're punching the air. <laughs> for people who don't know what I mean by deck oven, when you walk into a pizza place and it's like a quote-unquote slice joint and you yeah. see that the ovens that are kind of stacked on top of each other, those are called deck ovens. They are gas-fueled. They are not a whole lot different. I don't want to oversimplify, but think about your oven at home, right? It's being heated kind of that way, but you're putting it on a surface, of course. Whereas the brick ovens usually are fueled by wood or coal, and everybody romanticizes them, and you're shaking your head. The thing is, you can make a great pizza in a deck oven that can be better than a brick oven. I mean, look, I love the smell and the flavor wood can impart in a pizza, but at the end of the day, you can make a deck oven hot if you want to. And that's really what it's about. It's about consistency and heat, how hot it is. And like, quite frankly, is your dough any good? That's what I was going to say. Um, so tell, me right, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. I, 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 you're two, we're two for two. We agree too much. Um, yeah, absolutely right. I don't know what it is with people that think, oh my God, this place is amazing. It's a brick oven pizzeria. And then you go there and you're like, eh, you know, but uh, I don't know if it's the nostalgia of it or if you just see like a nice wood fire burning oven. It, it looks smells so beautiful. great. It looks it great. It smells great. looks great. But like you could adapt a, a dough formula to come out just as good in a deck oven or even at home, at a home oven to make a pizza that sometimes comes out better than a wood fire pizzeria. I think it's more about the ingredients and the toppings that you're using 
than the oven that you're using. Now, I will also throw this one out at you. Hopefully we disagree on this one. New York pizza is not better because of the water. The water thing is a myth. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, it just is. To me, New York pizza, New York pizza is better than the rest of the country by and large, but it's because of expertise. It's because people here have been doing it longer. They know what they're doing. The product has evolved. You have more people doing it, so more chance you're going to run into a good product. You can get great pizza anywhere in the country. You're just not going to get the quantity of great pizza exactly. elsewhere in the country. The water thing is a myth. Same with bagels. It's a myth. You're right. You're right. We agree too much. <laughs> this is um, perfect example, and we have no problem admitting this. We, in order to improve here, we sometimes hire outside consultants to give us their advice. Two consultants I've hired for pizza making. One has been from Las Vegas, and the other one's from Portland, Oregon. <laughs> okay, so Portland, Oregon, a perfect example of what you're talking about. The, they don't have the same water as us. Obviously, they're becoming on the scene. They're becoming known. They're becoming known as one of the better pizza states in the country right now. Because people care. People and care. And they're willing to learn. They're using more. And knowledge yeah. travels. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. I think you can find great pizza anywhere. I think a lot of it has to do with the ingredients that you're using and the labor and the training and everything like that. You know, the people, like you said, there's a certain area of expertise that we have here. We've been doing it since 1976. You might not find a pizzeria in Florida that's been doing it that long. They might not care as much. They might be able to get away with serving a decent product where if you try to do that here in New York, where there's four pizzerias on every block, you're not going to get away with serving a decent product anymore. It has to be above average. When you go to a restaurant, like like I'm not talking about a, a, a pizzeria. I'm talking about a restaurant that happens to serve pizza. It's part of their menu. Maybe it's a flatbread, whatever. It's not not even necessarily an Italian restaurant. It's a restaurant that happens to serve pizza. That pizza is usually hot garbage because I'm sorry. Like you should never order pizza at a place that is just a, a, a maybe it's a new American restaurant or whatever, because pizza is such a specific skill. Like, no, like, look, a chef can be a great chef, but pizza is such a different skill and you have to invest so much time to perfect it that it's probably not going to be great pizza. I disagree. What's what's that famous chef in California? Wolfgang, Wolfgang. Oh, don't get me started. Didn't he do the? He was known for his pizza. You know what? At a restaurant. Okay, can I just say something? Yeah. I don't want to knock Wolfgang Puck. I respect his career, but hey, it's a show about hot takes about food. One of the worst, maybe the worst pizza I've ever had in my life was at LAX airport at a Wolfgang Puck pizza place. Now, look, I know it was an airport, but it's still Wolfgang Puck. He's got his name on it. I'm not it. talking about the airport. It was disgusting. Though. No, but it was his pizza. It was his pizza he product. He streamlined. In an airport. Yeah. Okay. But it's his product. Let's look Shake Shack's in an airport. Shake Shack is still fantastic in an airport. Yeah, well, he's found a way. He's a genius. He's found a way to franchise it and make it Right. Awesome you product. can have good food in an airport. I've, of course you can. But I'm talking about, you said at a restaurant. Right. Wolfgang has a... a I don't know the name of the restaurant, but I think Spago. It was Spago. Doesn't he doesn't he make awesome pizza at Spago? True. There, I guess there okay. There are exceptions to the rule. Look, also I also Cipollini's. I had great pizza at Cipollini Las Vegas, the Italian restaurant. But that's an at least that's an Italian restaurant. Uh, I mean, and look, I look there are exceptions. But what about to the rule. okay, another exception. Uh, let me throw this at you. What about the, the bar pies in New Jersey? You go to a bar, you wouldn't expect to order a pizza okay, and then all of a sudden these bars. Now that is a different animal. Because that to Cabin me is style. right. Bar pies are that to me is is I, okay. It's gonna sound crazy to me. That is a pizza place. If you are a bar serving a bar pie, 
you are a pizza place because that is a very specialized what thing. What if you have like a... It's also nachos a very different, menu, but it's also a different. Ad. Well, that's okay. You can have nachos on the menu. You have, you have mozzarella sticks here, or whatever. Fried cappellini. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I will say there are exceptions to the rule. Jean George, for instance, has pizzas at a lot of his restaurants. They're pretty good. They're good mm-hmm. pizzas. They're you know they're. I don't think they're as good as what you serve. What about but, bar frites? I think I had a pretty good pizza at bar frites one time. I've never had a pizza at bar frites. Yeah, they have a good pizza over there. That's a Long Island restaurant for those who oh, are I'm listening sorry. outside Long. No, you're good. Um, but, uh, Spago, but yes. And obviously, but, but with Spago, again, I've never had a Spago pizza, but I think a lot of why those pizzas were popular from what I know about them is not, it wasn't the dough. It was the toppings. He was doing unique things. I know he did a take on, um, on like a bagel with locks where he had like cured salmon Mm -hmm. on the pizza. Yes. Like that is, that. that is a unique thing. So, you know, look, pizzas can be a lot of things, but like, yeah, you're, I'm almost arguing your points now, but, um, but like a lot of restaurants, if you go to like just generic run of the mill restaurants that are good restaurants yeah. and they have pizza on the menu, I'm not ordering that. Can you give me, can you say one? Can you think of one? Right I don't want to you know what? I'm just thinking about all the times there's actually a restaurant. I don't want to say the name cause it's a small restaurant and I'm not, ta- I'll take a shot at Wolfgang Puck. It's not going to hurt him. It's fine. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not taking, but I'm not taking a shot at some mom and pop, but there is a place near near where i live that i dined at once that is a um i'd say a trendy italian leaning restaurant but it's more trying to be creative it's not traditional uh-huh. and the entrees and things i had there were, were were pretty good you know like making their own pastas and there was some creativity we, we shared a pizza to start and they had a brick oven by the way no sorry it was, yeah it, it was not it was like kind of like not good at all okay and um, and it's not the first time that I've been in that situation because I, I just think it's a specialized thing. When you go to a steakhouse, do you order pasta? Not, not to keep on this topic, but no. My father one time we were at a steakhouse in Saratoga, and he ordered pasta with seafood, and he didn't like it. So I told him, "You're at a steakhouse. Why would you <laughs> order a seafood pasta? Why don't you get a steak?" But yeah, okay. So if you want good pizza, go to a pizzeria. Um, I'll give you another one. And I know you're going to agree with me on this one. We need to rethink what pizza costs. People expect, especially with like a quote unquote slice joint, people expect it to be cheap and it can be. But if you're serving certain ingredients or putting certain labor into it, Mm -hmm. you cannot expect it to be cheap. What I think about is there's a place in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn that opened not too long ago, uh, F&F. Um, the guys who own it, the Franks as they're known, uh, they own Frankie's um, in Carroll Gardens, popular place, been around, I don't know, probably 15 years now. And uh, I ordered a slice there. It was uh, They called it the Cavatelli slice. It's basically a take on there. They do a Cavatelli pasta with um, with a brown, brown butter and there's a sauce. So- they make their own sausage, I think, in there. And there's some sage, and so they they put the the sausage. There's actually no pasta on the pizza. It's a, it's a square slice. It's thick. There's the sausage on it, and it was. I want to say I don't want to get the price wrong, but it was over seven dollars. I know that, and I, I see you kind of cringing there. <laughs> and my first reaction was the same. How do you serve a slice of pizza for seven dollars? And then I ate it, and I'm telling you, I could eat just one, and be full. And I realized there was so much meat on it. And again, look, they might be tweaking the recipe. I don't know if it still costs that much. I don't know if it still has as much sausage. But at the time, I, I'm realizing it's an open-faced sandwich. It had that much meat on it. It was dense. And 
I only really needed one and I would have been full. Now you'd pay $7 and change for a sandwich and think you had a bargain, right? Yeah. Like a sausage sandwich. So just because it's pizza doesn't mean it should be cheaper. No. I, tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're right. Um, the cost of everything has been going up. I mean, minimum wage is about to go up again in New York too. Um, but ingredients, using good ingredients costs money. Training training labor costs money to do things the right way. That costs money. Um, it's going to get to a point where I think a slice of pizza, you know, I mean, right now we sell a regular slice for $3. So a specialty slice, $7 in Brooklyn is not that far-fetched. No. Um, and uh, look, I are mean, people becoming more understanding. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, we when people come here, our specialty slices are right around $5. And nobody really says much about it. the metro, the slice, but the metro slice is $5, you know. And it's worth every penny. Well, we're using fresh mozzarella. We're using uh we're using a great tomato product. Um the dough we're using a different flour, the technique behind it. it it's just that slice to me is it's cost five you know that's what it's worth for me you know um people are getting it yeah it it might we're at like a, a crossroads in this in this industry not just the pizzeria i think restaurants all across the united states especially the mom and pop ones with, with the price of labor going up and wanting to make great product all the time there's people that care about what they do so they're gonna have to charge and you know you're gonna have to find a way to relate that to the customer. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Alex Stupak, who is a well-known chef who cooks primarily Mexican food, nailed it. And he does more, almost like avant-garde Mexican food. He said he'll, he'll serve a taco with octopus on it and he might charge you $16 and people will go $16 for a taco. But if he took the tortilla away and just served you that same piece of octopus and said, here's a $16 app, nobody blinks an eye. Perfect. That's a great way of putting it. It's all about that mindset. All right, last thing. Okay. This is going to be the hardest one I ask you. Good. Here's my hot take. King Umberto, most famous in terms of pizza for the grandma pie. One of the OGs of the grandma pie. The phrase was coined here, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. The best pizza at King Umberto is the Metro. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong, and oh. hope your dad doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> My dad definitely won't listen to this. Um, to me, it's, it's just tough because the Metro is my baby. You know, I it's like when you have your first kid. That was like the first thing that I actually worked on from start to finish. Uh, You're gonna I, cry when she goes off to college. Yeah, that's pretty much the feelings I have for the Metro. I think if you ask the majority of the customers that come in here, the answer would probably be no. But for me, I mean, it wouldn't be no. Be, probably, that would probably be in the running as one of the better slices. The great thing about this place. Yeah, you're getting, <laughs> oh, look at you. Look at, I see the pull. You know, you're like a politician over here. So I'm trying to put this in. And he's trying to whisper in the corner. Okay. The great thing about King Umberto's is, and I think you just saw it, you can have an assortment of stuff. And um, Adam Kuban, who I speak about coming in here, he comes in here. He's one he, of the uh, foremost experts on pizza out there. And you, a Kuban, I think it is on Instagram, a worth Kuban, a follow. Yeah, definitely. Um, he comes in here. Every time he comes in here, he tries something different. He tries something. And he never dislikes anything. And the point I'm trying to make is that we have from one, like one through nine, like a baseball lineup, like the Yankees. You know? <laughs> I love I it. I think everybody at any point in time could 
get on base. So the Look. vodka slice, the carbonara slice, the regular, the Sicilian, the grandma, the Metro. But for me, it's the Metro. Look, today I had lunch with my friend Eric Davis. We also recorded a podcast. I don't know if it's going to air before or after this one. And um, we basically you, – you made us a poo-poo platter of slices. <laughs> you, you Like you cut some slices in half, little bits and pieces – I mean, and and it was it was actually amazing. It was one of the like I'm not kidding you. It was about one of the best pizza eating experiences I've ever had because that's the dream, right? To, yeah. Usually, when you order a pie, you're 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 stuck with one flavor. I'm I'm having that Metro, which plays like that amazing rustic bread. Next thing you know, you're working on this uh, this basically like artisanal regular pie. Yeah. You said what was the name? What do you call it? The old fashioned. Ask for the old fashioned if you come in here, which is just like it's it's perfect. It's like elevated childhood memories. Yeah. It's and and then made with a big for all my pizza geeks that are listening a biga is like a pre-ferment but yeah the, the vodka slice the, the vodka sicilian i mean just light the light sicilian like i, I gotta make it worth it for people to come here like oh, said, we don't deliver the parking is tough over here so you're in elmont yeah. on hempstead turnpike look if, if you're if you're from long island you know king umberto if you're yeah. listening and you're not from long island think of it this way belmont racetrack you know belmont racetrack if you know anything about horse racing it's part of the triple crown you are just a couple miles from there. Yeah. Easy straight shot. Yeah. So if you're a horse racing fan and you're ever in this area, you got to check out King Umberto, one of my favorites. Or if you're a hockey fan, the Islanders are coming here. That's true. A couple years. There you go. the stadium already. Good times. John, thank you so much as oh, always. Thank you, man. Thanks once again to John Cesarano of King Umberto and Elmont. Make sure to, of course, check them out. And if you are not heading to Long Island anytime soon, well, don't worry. I've got a couple of other dining tips for you when it comes to pizza. Actually, in the last couple of months, I've had two of my favorite pizza experiences in recent memory, and I want to share them with you guys. So the first one is a place that has gotten a lot of press. It's called Ratza. It's in Jersey City, not that far from the Holland Tunnel. Uh, Pete Wells, of course, the critic from the New York Times uh, a couple years ago, declared that the best pizza in New York is actually in New Jersey. And he was talking about Razza. Uh, if you're looking to Google it, it's spelled R-A-Z-Z-A. A lot of people pronounce it Raza. It's Razza. And let me tell you, this was one of my favorite dining experiences in a long time. Not just the pizza, but the whole the whole thing. They don't take reservations. You better get there before they open at five. I got there about five minutes till five. I was meeting other people and there was already a line around the block. And I'm not someone who really enjoys lines. Let me put it that way. But you you wait, you know, five, ten minutes later, I'm up at the host stand. And, of course, a couple people before me were the last ones to get seated for that that seating. So they told me for a party of five, it'd be about a 90-minute wait. They took my name down. No big deal. Went to a local bar with with friends, and we waited it out. And it was actually only 80 minutes. So, you know, you have a few drinks, whatever. Walk around Jersey City. And then the show. <laughs> this is... Ratza is it's not just a great pizza place it's a great restaurant there was not a single thing we had that night that wasn't spectacular and nothing they're really doing is 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 out of the ordinary I mean some of the toppings on the pizza are out of the ordinary and I'll get to that in a minute but start with the meatballs the meatballs are the best meatballs I've ever had they're fantastic they they've got a little smoky element they they throw them in at the end in the wood-fired brick oven and I read up about the meatballs afterwards and learned that he actually uses 
the bread that he makes in-house to, to make the breadcrumbs for the meatballs, and he soaks them in buttermilk. Holy cow. Lush, tender. We were all losing our minds. Uh, also, this may sound redundant at a pizza place because, you know, pizza is, in a way, bread, but order the bread and butter. Trust me, he's making his own bread, like I just said. It's really great, rustic, just like like some of the best bread I've ever had. And he's making his own butter, too. I mean, that's what makes this place special. It's doing things you know, but doing them to a degree of specificity and technicality that you're not used to. And sourcing. I mean, it's basically, I hate the term farm-to-table, but it's a farm-to-table restaurant that's a pizza place. And then, of course, the, the pizzas. I mean, texturally, they were perfect. You know, that perfect kind of crunch to chew ratio. Uh, The comparison point I'd make for the crust, if you've ever been to Frank Pepe's, the original in New Haven, Connecticut, one of the legendary pizza places on the planet, very similar in terms of the crust, in my opinion. But again, the ingredients, my favorite pizza of all the ones we tried was the one that I actually didn't want to order which was, we had five pizzas, by the way, five of us. They're, they're 12-inch, so we shared. There was one that had Brussels sprouts and anchovies. And wow, it was just an MSG bomb in the best way possible. Just that umami punch, like funktastic in the best way possible. Uh, usually I'm a purist when it comes to pizza, but this thing just stole the show. And then dessert, we got some panna cotta and it was the only dessert they had. They just had one. <laughs> and it was maybe the best panna cotta I've ever had. Definitely check out Ratza. Worth the wait, worth the trip to Jersey City. And then the other place I want to mention is in a food hall in Hell's Kitchen, Gotham West Market. Corner Slice. Corner Slice is a place that was sort of um, in the early stages of this trend we're seeing now, which are these new school slice shops that are using better ingredients and putting more effort into the slices. Corner Slice was on the, the front end of that, and I feel like it gets lost in the shuffle now when people talk about those places. They almost forget it's there. But I went out of my way to try it because I had never had it. I ordered two slices to start. And I thought that's literally what I was going to do. I was going to order two slices and then get some ramen because uh, Ivan Orkin has his ramen shop in there, um, a, a, a version of it. I never got to the ramen. I actually ordered four slices. <laughs> that's how good these are. And corner slice, it's referring to the fact that they do the square pies. You know, everybody fights for the corner slice. This these this is one of the best, uh, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't call it Sicilian necessarily. It actually plays like amazing focaccia. It's got this golden bottom to it that's crunchy, and yet above, kind of like the Metro King Umberto, it's just this like light, airy thing with all these, these, these holes. They call it the crumb if you're one of those pizza people. I, I mean, and, and you just devour it. You, you want to just keep going back for more. It's an addiction. So if you're looking for a cheap, I say cheap, relatively speaking. It's more expensive than your typical slice joint, but you're not blowing a lot of money on the product. You want to get a a cheap pizza fix that is unbelievably fantastic. Definitely check out Corner Slice, Gotham West Market, Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan. Okay, thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Rob Patrone TV. That's R O B P E T R O N E TV. Let me know what you think of the show and. Share your food hot takes with me because coming up soon, I'm going to do an episode where I answer listener hot takes 
So send them my way. And of course, make sure to follow, subscribe, bookmark, whatever you do on your podcast listening service of choice so you don't miss any new episodes. Hot Takes on a Plate is on them all. And if you can rate us, please do five stars, of course, and tell your friends, share if you like what you just heard. We want to grow this thing as much as we can. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Check them out at B-L-E-A-V.com, Believe.com, the number one podcast network for professionals. If you believe in Hot Takes on a Plate, we'll see you next week. I'm Rob Patron. Till next time, ciao.